Welcome to the iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. In this episode, I chat with one of Texas Monthly's newest top 50 joints, La Vaca Barbecue in Port La Vaca, Texas. This is a family-owned business that was built and is run by the family. I had the pleasure of meeting these fine folks at Breadfast a couple of weeks ago, and I loved their story and was blown away by their smoked tamales. Although Lupe, Christine, and Kelly have had some success in barbecue, they're really the new kids on the block, and they're really enjoying uh, all of the camaraderie that they've experienced since this announcement. This family has figured out simpler and smarter ways to do business, and in some cases they were forced to uh, due to lack of resources. You're not going to want to miss this one. This is Lavaca Barbecue. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so I am uh, sitting here with Lavaca Barbecue, and uh, I'm excited to be here chatting with you guys. We just met last last week at Brett Fest, and uh, blown away by your tamal there, and. Uh, yeah, I had a great conversation with you guys, and so glad that uh, we're, we're, we can uh, get you guys on board. So before we get started, let's everybody introduce yourselves. I guess you can start with Christine, right? Well, ladies first. Yep. <laughs> I'm Christine. I am the mama of the uh, barbecue place. And then we have... Uh, I'm Kelly. I'm the pit master. And the daughter. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm Loopy, uh, uh, one of the owners. So all three of us are owners. Uh, Christy and I were the original founders. And then uh, we brought Kelly on board to help us out. And I was able to maintain my same job and uh, keep us going. Heck, yeah, that's awesome. And Kelly, you're doing all the dirty work, huh? Yes, yes. They brought me <laughs> in a little a little early. So, you know. That's it, awesome. It's, it's been uh, different. But I, I really enjoy it, and um, it's it's a love and a passion, and it doesn't feel like work a lot of the times. I'd rather be at the restaurant being productive than at home doing laundry or something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know I, I love these uh, these family businesses. I know how hard it is um, to own a business and. Uh, especially a restaurant business, it's it's very difficult. So when you have family, um, it definitely helps. So um, let's let's kind of go way back here. And, and first, uh, Lupi, let's, let's start with you. Kind of tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and kind of some of your influences in, in getting into uh, the food industry. Well, the food industry started out, you know, days and early days when, when uh, I was at home young, and uh, it was a whole different kind of barbecue. I mean, that uh, my dad, my mom's house was next door from where we live now. And uh, we still, when I go over and mow, I take a look at the, the old brick uh, smoker, a lot like what's in the hill country. But uh, he built it himself out of brick and then filled it with sand and, uh, you know, the chicken halves. So you always had the commodities coming over and loading up. And it was always, uh, you know, everybody takes some home and there's always plenty of food. So that's how it all started. And then later, uh, as I uh, started working on the farm, uh, enjoyed welding and, uh, it all, for me, it became to where we were, uh, enjoyed building pits. So, uh, it's, and it's a funny, I, I sat the other day and thought about how else has evolved, but, 
you know, back in the day we were building pits and then I went back to school and uh, after I was on the farm and I went into engineering design, which is drafting or mechanical design. So I do structural concrete, uh, civil, uh, everything you see at the big chemical plants I can draw. So anything that we build has always been drawn up first and thought of that way. So I got to the, to the deal of really loving making pits, but uh, when you do a barbecue pit, yeah, you have it at home, you cook, you do a few uh, volunteer stuff for people, but then you wanna start showing that stuff off. So uh, my next best thing was to start doing cook-offs. So where do you go with your barbecue pit? What's the best place like a car show is a cook-off. So we started dragging our pits over there and uh, right before, toward the end uh, of our cook-off sessions, we ended up doing a stainless steel. I've got our cool pit. It's a stainless steel barbecue pit. Uh, inside, it's double walled. Uh, outside is stainless. Inside's carbon. Uh, we would cook a whole cook-off with just a crate of wood. All CNC cut. Looked like a whole hot rod. Wow. And uh, so then it became like, what do you do bigger than that? <laughs> and uh, so then uh, 2017 came around. And of course, we're still cooking at the house and stuff, but we're doing the competition. Kelly's helping us and uh, 2017 comes around and the magazine comes out, Texas Monthly. And it's like, what the heck is this? So at, towards the back, there was the article about thousand gallon smokers. And it's like, wow. Well, for me, I had as much interest in the thousand gallon smokers as who was top 50. So uh, I thought, man, we'll, we'll build a thousand gallon smoker. But uh, got the materials together, found a tank, started designing it, planning it. And uh, then all of a sudden it was like Christine was fixing to retire at the same time. It was like the perfect storm. And we're trying to, that's a whole story itself on trying to see how we're going to get her to make some, some supplemental income. And then uh, basically what it meant, how can you have a thousand gallon smoker without a restaurant? And uh, mm -hmm. so we started building the smoker, started uh, thinking about the restaurant. And then, uh, then we made one and thought, hey, we can make another improvement. So we started making the second smoker, and then we ended up with the second restaurant. And uh, so now we've got two smokers and two restaurants. And uh, so that's how it all evolved was, you know, you know and, and to me, the love for, for smokers is almost as much as cooking the meat now. Yeah. And, uh, and the remodel and, and stuff like that. So, but uh, the history of the barbecue, that's how it's evolved, and mainly through the smokers. So we just closed in Victoria. Uh, we'll be doing, uh, there's enough room for four, four smokers over there. So uh, third location, four more smokers. But uh, yeah, it's been the love for showing off what, what you can weld. Wow. So, so you guys are, just for folks, um, just to understand it kind of regionally, you guys are kind of on the coast between uh, Corpus Christi and and Houston, kind of right in the middle there, uh, is Victoria, and Port Lavaca is right on the right on the on the water, isn't it? Yeah. And the way we originally set it up is we set up Port Lavaca with the intentions of uh, traveling to Bay City and taking our food with us in warmer. So we've got a custom that trailer you saw there at Brett's. We've got mm -hmm. a generator. We we can hold up to four warmers. We got four warmers in there when we cater, but we can travel. We we travel our food instead of it sleeping here at night. It sleeps in uh, Bay City, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's it's just as good, and uh, it allows the overhead to go down. It allows Kelly to uh, cook for both locations without having to give away our techniques and stuff. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you you took me right up to three restaurants and there was no build up there. So let's go. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that here in a minute. Yeah. Um, we'll go back to that. But Christine, so tell me about this this whole story about you know, I know you were when we talked the other day, you know, you were you were um in education and you were looking to retire. And, uh, um, you know, as uh, Lupi said, the supplemental income was important. So walk us through that story a little bit. Well, uh, what we I've always loved cooking. And it just so happens that I, I married a man that loved it just as much. Of course, you know, coming from the, that Hispanic background, you have all the barracoas and all that, you know, with family. And so uh, I, from high school i mean i worked at a little cafe my sisters worked at a little cafe we were raised in vanderbilt texas which is a little small small town and the only thing they had to work at was this cafe and so we all worked there and that's how i started in the food business but then when lupi and i got married uh we were living in palacios and i became a bilingual teacher uh, an elementary teacher. Uh, then I was there for a few years, for about uh, 10 years or so, and the high school had uh, needed a ESL bilingual teacher, and they asked me if I'd like the position. So I went to the high school, and I ended up teaching ESL, bilingual, and GD, court-ordered 16-year-olds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, I ended up with some of the highest scores in the state. And so then uh, one of the local colleges asked me if I would like to be their director for adult education, which was for GD and about, uh, ESL for adults. So I went over there and uh, was their director for that several years. And then uh, I would travel the whole state of Texas training teachers and it got to be a little too much with the travel. I was away from home for uh, probably three or four days out of the week. And uh, I told Lupi I wanted to get out of it. And so of course his first thing was, well, we can do a restaurant. And I said, well, we'll see. And uh, <clears throat> luckily at that time, <laughs> Um, I was called by another district and uh, they asked if I would go to their district uh, to see because of my scores. And I told them I would give them nine months and I ended up giving them nine years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my last year there, we were awarded uh, the highest award for any school from the nation and uh, we became a blue ribbon school. So that year I said, okay, that's it. I'm retiring now. And I had my years in. So I looked at Luby and I said, okay, I'm ready to retire. And he said, okay, you ready for the restaurant now? And I said, all I want <laughs> is a little food truck. You know, we, we planned out our finances and everything. And I said, all I need $900 a month extra. <laughs> I said, I need a little food truck 
And with that food truck, all I'm going to sell is baked potatoes. And all I have to sell to supplement our, my income is eight baked potatoes a day, stuffed baked potatoes. That's all I have to sell. And he's like, okay, I'll get you that. <laughs> and then one day he says, okay, let's take a drive. I've got, I've got the place for your eight baked potatoes. <laughs> and we took a drive and he shows me this building and he goes, here you go. And I said, that's not a food truck. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're going to do a full-blown restaurant. <laughs> and yeah. so that's how the restaurant started. And I always look at people and I go, yeah, that's my eight baked potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Lupe, you're sneaky, man. You're sneaky. <laughs> Yeah, but you, it, you it, had it, that restaurant always in the back of your mind, huh? You, that's what you envisioned. Yeah, I mean, and you you drive by and you go, "Is that the place? Is that the place?" And uh, you know, when we found this one, it's I mean, it, everything was it was set in place. I mean, mm -hmm. again, it's family. I mean, if you go back to the beginning of Facebook for us two years ago, you'll see pictures of Kelly up on top of a scaffold painting outside. Monica, who's our engineer now, uh, up on top of the roof. Photosita, she was up on top. Painting the edge, and, and her knees are full of the fiberglass <laughs> from the covering on top of the roof. I mean, just itchy as could be. I mean, uh, yeah, it's with the family has all gotten us together. That's Help awesome. Down. That's that's great. I read I read a little bit about the the restaurant. I'll ask you a few more questions about that here in a second. But let's switch over to Kelly a little bit. Let's hear your perspective on all of this, and. How did you get to be the pit master also? So let's let's start back and kind of okay. your your background and, and kind of okay, lead up to so, that. So um like my parents said, we kind of always uh barbecued and cooked and kind of catered at home uh, my whole life since I was little. Um we did a lot of the church baseball things. Um and then when we would do cook-offs, uh mom and I would help my dad remember steps or remember times or remember you know schedules and things like that and so we were kind of like his little um, assistants and so we kind of just um learned and uh helped cook watch the fire you know while he could take a nap and um so we kind of learned through there and then i actually went off to college um first to Victoria to get my associates, and then um, I moved to Denton uh, to get my uh, bachelor's. And when I came home, uh, I decided I wanted to be a teacher. So uh, my, my degree is actually in music, um, but I decided I wanted to teach little kids. So I became a first grade teacher and my first year um, that was that was the time when they were kind of transitioning from ending their cook-offs to, you know, uh, doing the pits at home and things like that. And so I would help as much as I could while I was gone with the cook-off stuff. You know, if, if they were traveling towards my way, I would try and meet them um, just to hang out. But uh, when my first year teaching, that's when uh, we started coming up and talking about maybe a restaurant. And actually, my classroom is actually behind our parking lot. It's right behind our building. <laughs> um, so when we started doing the construction and things, um, it was very, very easy for me to just like walk across the parking lot and then like stay on the weekends or run over 
you know, to the classroom to go back and forth to grab stuff. Oh, we need a, you know, paintbrush. Oh, we need this. Oh, we need that. It was very, you know, and even I remember there was one day at school, one of my partner teachers, she uh, was wearing a costume for some reason and her belt got stuck, her leather belt, her buckle got stuck and she, it, she could not get it off. It was like soldered onto her. And so I literally came to the restaurant, ran, and we were still doing construction. So I grabbed like this big old like saw knife thing and I ran back to the school and I like tried to cut it off of her. And I was like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like I'll just run back and take it back later. It's all right. So it was very convenient. Um, when then once we opened, I was not cooking full time at that at that time. I was helping on the weekends um, as much as I could, either watching the pit, helping up front, um, helping with customers. Um, but I would try and do as much as I could. And I told Dad has seen me a few times, like during the winter. It was funny because I would like to sit by the fire where it was real close. And I had to be careful because I would like grade papers in front of the fire while, you know, in the middle of the night while I was watching the fire for him while he was trying to take a nap. And so I just I just be huddled over there with my grade book and grading papers while the fire was going. And it was it was pretty nice. Um, but then once COVID hit, we did we moved everything online and I was able to come to the restaurant to help a little more, more hours and more time. Um, so we were getting a little too busy at that time, a little too fast. And daddy here had to go back to work. Uh, he was getting a little more projects at work. So he asked me if I would consider coming on full time and watching the pit and being full time pit master because um, my mom and I were really the only ones who knew how to run the pit by ourselves completely. And she was needed up front and in the kitchen with the sides and the desserts more. So um, I was really the only other person that, you know, he could trust to watch the pit. And so I didn't want to be half in, half out with school. Um, you know, the kids deserved more than that. And my parents did too. So I was either all in or nothing. So I jumped all in with them. Jeez. And now we're here. <laughs> Grading, but, but also, I can just... at, at that time, she would, yeah, what she's saying in, in a nice way, too, is, is uh, you know, we were going through tough times at that time, about that time. So, I mean, everybody was, and it was more economical for us as a business owners for her to help the family out and come in, give her a future, make her an owner. And I could go back to my job in the engineering field and, uh, you know, be able to supplement our insurances and things like that. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great to have family, especially family that's willing to get in there. I mean, I was thinking about it and just like, wouldn't you just want to be in the front kind of helping out and doing things? But you were right in the thick of things. Um, imagine trimming and seasoning and wrapping and all of yeah. the, all of that good stuff. So that's that's incredible. That's that's now that you're in the pits and that you're doing a lot better, right? The business is. Yeah. is actually able yeah. to produce now a third business. Um, do you, uh, you just liked it now? You're just like, heck, I'm staying here. I'm doing this. Yes. Now, I mean, I, I had always kind of, you know, they have always kind of supported that if I didn't end up liking it or, you know, if I, if, 
if I didn't feel like I could, you know, build a future with this, and if it's not really what I wanted to do, they've always they've always supported if I made a decision to either go back to teaching or do something else. But honestly, you know, it, it kind of feels normal doing it. It, it mm -hmm. I love it because, you know, I've just done it my whole life. It's just easy. It's, you know, it's something I know and I'm good at. And it's not a hard decision to stay every day. Yeah, I mean, so I'm a big fan of barbecue, but like those long hours and all that hard work is tough. So I leave that to the pros. <laughs> <laughs> I go eat at the places. So that's awesome. A great, great story. I, I can just envision you, you know, grading those papers and and, uh, and and putting another log in the fire there. Honestly, my biggest fear was having one either like blow into the fire <laughs> or like, you know, that was that was my biggest fear back then was, you know, having to, OK, don't get grease, don't get ash, don't get nothing on these papers because these kids are going to take them back home. <laughs> they and what she's not saying Abe, is also <laughs> I mean when she says it comes natural it really does come natural I mean I started helping Loopy when Loopy when we first opened I mean he was the pit master and he was the one in the back he was the one trimming he was the one doing all that he'd get three hours of sleep at that and a lot of times on the weekends it was in the truck and so uh, I had to do a lot of the sous chef kind of stuff mm -hmm. so that he could get some rest. And she does it for me now. I have <laughs> but, to be up here slicing. Yeah, but a lot of it, I mean, when she says it comes natural, it really does come natural. And now it's like, if I do, if I try to go back there and help her or Loopy does, and she's like, what are you doing? I mean, she's on top of us going, no, that's not the way you do it. Just get away, get away. It's my baby. It's, you know, don't touch it. You know, if I tell you just to put one log in, you put just one log in. If I tell you, don't you open that pit, you better not open that pit. Okay, I don't care what you think. <laughs> and so, I mean, she gets very, very passionate about all Possessive. of this. <laughs> a, little, a little bit, but that's because I know how I want it and if I don't if I don't do it myself I can't I can't see it out and if something happens I don't know if it was me or yeah we, we made her go on vacation one time to what Tennessee Ten, I went to Tennessee for four man years. she left me a pinch a text message about uh, I wrote sub notes oh I yeah sub notes. this is I, and this is how you put the log and day by day oh, yeah. hour by hour this is what you and look check, at first and check with me before you count every it. child before you start <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great be. That's great. So let's let's switch back over to the to the restaurant. The first restaurant you opened is this, is this where you're sitting at right now? Yes. Okay. I was reading a little bit about it. It's a it was an old, old abandoned gas station, right? And uh, didn't have a kitchen. So I, I heard the cool story about the kitchen, and um, you know, you kind of mentioned La Blanca a little bit, but if you can go a little bit more in depth into that story. Um, I I just love it. I, I'd love the every one of our listeners to to hear the story. So if you could go into that a little bit, yeah. I mean, and, and we're we're transparent with everything we do. I mean, mm -hmm. it ain't. I mean, except or how she cooks her briskets. 
But uh, I mean, when we first opened up, I did several videos before we even opened uh, our cargo container kitchen. I mean, we showed we wanted something that we could transport for a thousand dollars. I backed the truck up, unhooked utilities and he's anywhere else because we're leasing here. So mm -hmm. a lot of people build a restaurant up and then and in, in good advice is they spend thousands of dollars, lose the lease and they lose their kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, they end up with with nothing. So over here, I mean, everything we built it ourselves at home. Um, uh, for the for the city requirements, it was uh, from the engineering side. Uh, our permits here were said kitchen supplied by vendor, vendor being us at home. So uh, inspector <laughs> sort of just uh, glanced at everything and checked real quick because it was supplied by a vendor. Uh, but uh, we did our own kitchen. The, we've got pictures of Christine and the kids insulating it inside. If you go back and look at some of that. Uh, we did all that work ourselves, did the own welding on that and, and brought it in. And, and like I said, even here, but uh, the, the kitchen is set up like that. And the barbecue pit, too. I mean, we, we looked for we had bought uh, two tanks. Uh, one is actually it's a window. Uh, we had bought him first. And, and uh, then when we found La Blanca, it had the the no smoking uh, logos on it still. And I thought, <laughs> man, how cool uh, this is. This has to be the first one. And uh, so. Uh, we welded at the house and started designing it and, and got to welding and uh, we it's a little bit different uh, than what everybody else has. Uh, if you look at some pictures and we don't show too many pictures, but if you look at some pictures, actually the firebox is coming in right into the center. It looks like a torpedo. Uh, reason being, it's a lot like what we used to compete with with like our other barbecue pit. We bring the heat up uh, right through the middle and it exits to the center. So uh, the draft is almost the same. The only thing is uh, when the heat comes up, it doesn't enter the center of the pit. It actually enters the top of the pit. So uh, we put our turkeys right by the end of the firebox. We call them a crazy birds. They go right by where usually somebody puts logs in to keep the heat away from their meats. That's where we put our turkeys because the heat catches the end cap and goes across the top. Uh, but uh, we got that together and then uh, built a trailer with it. And the trailer, of course, was 10 foot wide or nine foot wide, wider than you should be pulling down the road. Uh, we lived 30 minutes away and we jumped in the truck one Sunday morning and uh, we're cruising 70, 75 with this big ass trailer. And, uh, and we talked to the, to the state and said, how high can uh, something be before it hits your lights? And they go, oh, 14 foot. Like, okay, we were at almost 13 so we're cruising through downtown uh 35 in port lavaca not a single car passed us all the way there's a big causeway bridge and we pulled in all the way not a single car or no cops either so oh my uh, god we didn't catch any heat and uh, got it set up and uh you know started 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 cooking <laughs> no no karens along the way to mess with you huh no 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 <laughs> That's that's really cool. So um, just to be clear, that that uh, kitchen is in a shipping container that you guys yeah, um, just remodeled. That, that, that container is 40 foot long. It's the full width. And we got the high box, which is nine foot tall. And what we ended up doing is uh, that. So it's easy because what we did inside is we put some uh, metal studs on the inside walls. And then on the roof, we just went across there with um, uh, like metal purlins and uh, mm -hmm. welded them in and the whole inside of the kitchen is actually covered in metal so we found some low profile metal uh, as you see our ceiling in here is is a green color the same color as our cow and our logo so our kitchen's the same way we wanted that bright fiesta 
spill inside the kitchen and the nice. walls are white. So it's easy for them to horizontally just wipe the white tin down. You can see any dust and uh, we leave two window units running. Uh, but the way we've designed the the whole area, the whole the kitchen and everything else is is, uh, you know, I always say when you're Mexicano and you can't afford to pay for that, you got to do it yourself. And we mm-hmm. that's that's the mentality. If you want to have something and you have something, you know, you have to do it yourself because you, yeah. you, sometimes you can't afford to pay somebody. Um, right now, we're doing something different that nobody else is doing as well. Uh, it's going to go along with the kitchen. Kelly doesn't have enough room to trim right now. So right now I'm building a 10, yeah, a 10 foot wide trailer by 24 foot long, but we're doing a walk-in cooler in the front that's a CoolBot. So CoolBot is an air conditioner unit that's run uh, with a, a PDI controller and uh, they use them for morgues and other places like that. Hunters use them. So the front part of the trailer will be walk-in cooler and the back part of the trailer will be her trim and sausage making. And if we ever need to move the trailer, it's gone. Hurricane comes, we run a generator, pull it back to the house, you know, that kind of stuff. God, the way that you think outside of the box on everything is just incredible. I mean, I think well, it's probably your engineering background and the, the Mexicanos. Well, there, <laughs> there's more to it than Tag is, is uh, we've had to learn. It's almost like you're out in the woods sometimes on your own because, like, when we came here uh, during the pandemic, we lost $2,500 worth of brisket. So our cooler went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look in the area here in Fort Lavaca and we ask uh, who works on coolers and we found out that person that works on coolers um, so you're in dire need you just lost $2,500 worth of brisket mm-hmm. you asked some other friends that are electricians and then they know the people right the word comes back no nobody's going to work on your cooler because you're the new guy in town so mm-hmm. I couldn't find a repairman to repair a cooler it was cheaper for me to go buy a $3,000 cooler and replace mine than to get it fixed. So when we decided on a walk-in cooler, it was, screw it. I never want to depend on somebody that's local when you've got thousands of dollars of expensive brisket to go, hey, can you please, pretty please, come work on my cooler? No, screw you. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to put a unit in. I'll have an extra air conditioner and PD controller. If it goes out, I fix it myself. And sometimes it has to be that way mm-hmm. uh, when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's, I mean, hell, I, I'm thinking of p- other potential businesses that you can come up with here. If you need an investor, <laughs> let me know. I might uh, be interested. Well, on the down, on the down low, uh, we've got a couple more on the works right now. One is, one will be upfront with it is uh, ultimately uh, we want to do something with our pits. Uh, but it's going to go against the grain of what Texas is used to seeing. And uh, that's why we don't show too much of what we've got back here, but uh, we're going to modify those designs and there, it's going to be some cool stuff. Uh, some stuff we had to do during the pandemic uh, to make things work, but uh, that's all going to be incorporated into new designs. That's awesome. Well, great. Love, love all the stories, love all the projects. I can't wait to get out there and, and see a lot of the, a lot of this cool stuff. So this business was open when did you add the second business? And I know you're ready to open your third business. Yeah, uh, we added the second business April 17th of this year. And um, is it still there in Port Lavaca or is it? No, it's a, in Bay City. Bay City, okay, okay. And now what we are doing in Bay City at first, we had it open Thursday through Sunday, like the one in Port Lavaca. That since we got Texas Monthly, they I was running that one in Bay City. Uh, I'm back in Port Lavaca, helping Kelly. Uh, so we closed down Bay City except on Saturdays. 
I'm, I'm over there on Saturday. She has enough help over here on Saturdays and Lupi's here with her. So uh, I'm able to go over to Bay City on Saturdays, but that is also our ghost kitchen and uh, our prep kitchen. We prep sides, desserts, uh, the sauces. Uh, we also do our catering out of it. So if anybody wants, we do catering seven days a week. And uh, I am able to have people over there get the catering out. Like the two ladies you met over at uh, Brett's that helped us out are from yeah. over there. Okay. And the okay. other thing, too, uh, that's a real important for us, and we've seen it happen in other places, is and you know, once, especially now that you're 50, you cannot lose quality. So mm -hmm. we would rather sacrifice the extra money at a second location for extra days to make sure that we uh, hold up the integrity of our product and uh, the trust that Texas Monthly has put on our hands. Yeah. So oh, I, uh, I could tell by Kelly's notes that she left you when she went to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty specific. You better not mess with her meat. No. Oh man, that's funny. So, um, moving to that—that that, that's my favorite part, actually, talking about the food. So let's let's talk a little bit about your menu. First, let's do some proteins, and then let's talk about the sides, and then we'll get into the that tamal that you guys do in the smoker. We can start out. We've got our we start out with our brisket. So we got the traditional brisket, brisket. and then the other thing we've got is uh, our pork ribs. So our brisket's going to be a lot with the with the pepper uh, bark on it and salt pepper. Uh, our ribs that we've got are really special. Uh, about six months ago, uh, back back during the competition days, it was always that sweet rib. You wanted that pretty glaze. But in my mm -hmm. mind, I always wanted that pretty color, but I didn't want the mess of a candy apple rib. So uh, we thought about it and thought about it and like, man, how in the hell can we get this to be just uh, like a normal rib, everything incorporated what we used to do in competition. So uh, then I got the idea of taking Big Red. So we're buying Big Red two-liter bottles and boiling <laughs> them down. So pendejos <laughs> it can be. So we're boiling it down, getting the, the, the syrup out of it. And then we started mixing it in, but we incorporated it a lot with our cook at the time. And mm -hmm. it was it was getting dark. It wasn't so finally what we found out is towards the end before we, we serve it during <laughs> serving time during our service is that uh, we put that on it and it, it, it goes into it like a sponge. And it's almost like uh, gets, it looks like it's, it's just made into it without it being extra shiny. So one day I told him, I said, man, it wouldn't it be cool if we could find some big red crack? Well, like I said, Pendejo, I didn't know that they sold uh, <laughs> syrup. I, I told him, I said, you know, you can buy it like from a food person, like just the syrup version. Yeah. Instead so they, of having to boil it down and make so it. They, we, we saw it at, uh, at Sam's. They had it on dispenser. So uh, we ended up asking Sam's and they had it. And Sam's, we got it from them. And now we, we mix it in with our sauce. And so when Daniel came, I gave him a little sample of it and said, here's just a little sample so that you can see what we're doing. And I uh, said, so just dip your finger in it. And that's our profile. And uh, it was enough to get his attention. And uh, he gave Kelly <laughs> so about 15 questions about the ribs. <laughs> and uh so yeah it uh it, yeah. That, so that's that and then again we've got our turkey breast um uh, our turkey breast is um really juicy uh with that same uh, bark on it you know our mm -hmm. golden color 
And uh, let's see one. Pulled pork, of course. We've got regular pulled pork that we've got. And then we've got our pork belly. So our pork belly, we do like everybody else does, I guess. But we wrap ours in, in butcher paper, just like our briskets. And uh, to uh, keep that same bark. And, of course, the beef ribs and uh, and the burn ends like everybody else does. Yeah. So that, yeah. those are our main proteins. And what, what sausages? So uh, those boys that I'm training and I are making them, I actually have one in the back watching the pit right now because I have some extra sausage on. Uh, we ran out of cheese a little faster this week. So uh, we made a small batch so that way we can keep up with next week. Um, so he's actually back there. Uh, just waiting but uh yeah so we have a regular central texas sausage um that's more of like the hill country flavor right and yeah then... I, I ran across a recipe you know internet's a wealth of information and i found a recipe from way back from one of the places in around lockhart area i guess but it was an old guy he had given away what he was putting into it came out in a local newspaper somebody took a picture of it and then it got passed around the internet and I ran across it. And we, you know, back then they were talking about using bull powder. And I know what the hell's bull. So when you go to HEB looking for bull powder, they're looking at you like, what the hell are you talking about? Which of course is uh, a lot like what people use the milk powder or, you know, we use carrot fiber, but uh, as a supplement, but uh, we modified that just a little bit. And that was our, our, our main recipe. And instead of um, jalapeno and cheese, we do uh, serrano and Oaxaca, the that white Mexican cheese. Nice. I like it better than the cheddar, just because I'm more of a white melty cheese person myself. Mm -hmm. um, instead of the yeah, it's it's very cream. <clears throat> I feel like it's creamier and very like Mom said, subtle. Yeah, the, fir the to first the time we tried cheddar. that out was uh, we had some of that at two a.m. And it was like, wow, this is cool. And then the more we got looking into it, and it was like, okay, of course, you always want to do something that's different. And you want to do, you know, you don't want to do something that somebody else has done. But uh, when you start doing this kind of stuff, you go, wow, money-wise, when you look at the cost of that cheese compared to the others, I mean, do you use the same one? Or do you go against the grain and pay three times as much and go, eh, you know, we're, we're going to do the same one. So uh, <laughs> we give credit to them for, for um, you know, you know, for that, that flavor profile that we, we use. Yeah. That's a, that's a great group of guys or company. I won't say guys, cause it's a family owned business too. 2M. They're, they're great to model your anything after. It's one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when we were there, I visited them. I told them, and I'm here to hear from everybody. Hey, you know, you're an inspiration or whatever. But I told them, I said, nah, no bull crap. I said, we went one time and we we're going to eat there first time. And, and we went to Starbucks, right? And we said, Hey, we're just going to run to Starbucks. And uh, Chris went to get something, and Christine got something, and we come back, and man, the line's like an hour long, like, damn, just because we went to Starbucks. Uh, but uh, everything was good. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome stuff. So, Christine, you want to walk me through the kind of the sides that you guys have? Yeah, we, we start off with our uh, potato salad. <clears throat> our potato salad is uh, more, it's a mustard base, it, but yet... Uh, not so mustard mustardy that it has that's it's acidic, so it's mm -hmm. really smooth. The main question I get about the potato salad is, does it have onions? And I'm like, who puts onions in their <laughs> potato salad? Because I didn't grow up putting onions in potato salad. Uh, I didn't. So I didn't even know that people put onions <laughs> in potato salad. 
So at first, when they would ask me that, I would just look at them and go, no, does potato salad, is it supposed to have onions? <laughs> but, uh, but it's really, really smooth and creamy. And then uh, we have our chato beans, but uh, instead of putting any type of pork in there, because I know some people can't eat the pork, mm-hmm. we decided to do it with brisket. So at the end, you know, I, I make them just like regular chato beans, I, I would assume, <laughs> uh, our chato beans. And then uh, Kelly will chop up some brisket uh, and put the brisket inside of it. Mm. So uh, when people get them, they've got like little chunks of brisket and we call them our brisket mm-hmm. beans. Oh, any trends or anything I get on the cutting board, I, I try to scrape up and either put in the beans, you know, or. Mm-hmm. Then we have a jalapeno cream corn. Uh, that one came about from uh, a friend of Lupe's said that he would go to Mexico. No, no, no. It, uh, was, it was his sister. Jaime's uh, uh, sister went to college in San Marcos, San Marcos in the 80s. And he goes, I remember. And, and we and when we started with the jalapeno cream corn, we started at. You know, at Killings, and we made the we made the trip to Houston all the way to Rosen. I mean, we tried everybody out, and it's like, man, they're almost all the same, but we want something different. So Jaime told me, he said, I remember in San Marcos, there's a restaurant that had a Serrano cream corn, and that was in the 80s. And so uh, twice a week, we made a sample for six weeks till we hit it, and uh, puree and uh, puree the the jalapeno a little bit, and it gets that crazy green color to it. Nice. And so. Um... Then we have our barbecue gumbo, which is, uh, we love Louisiana food (laughs) and I love to gamble. And so every time we go (laughs) over there, you know, we go to eat and gamble and uh, Lupe said, maybe we can do a gumbo. You know, they've got the chicken and sausage. So maybe we can do a gumbo with our barbecue meats. So um, I do not do the root like normally i guess people do a roux with a lot of oil and they brown the flour trying to get that color i don't use oil uh and so it's more low fat but we still get that roux and that color and everything and uh we put all our meats in there our sausage our turkey our pork belly our brisket all of that even the little rib and you yes. know that you can't sell the crispy ones, you just shred up and throw yeah, it in there. Sure oh man, those little muscles. So uh, that's what we have with our barbecue gumbo. And uh, then, uh, oh, a mango habanero coleslaw. So uh, with a coleslaw, we know a lot of barbecue restaurants had that mayonnaise-based coleslaw. And uh, if you don't sell it, well, it goes bad. You have to throw it away. So we decided on something different and uh, to continue with our Hispanic heritage and the spice. So we do a mango habanero coleslaw um, and it's really, it goes really, really good on top of the tacos and the sandwiches. It's spicy. So you get that spice, but then uh, the, the bark of the meat, it just, Blends it all together really nice. <laughs> you know, our, our main thing with it probably <laughs> is we have a, a handmade blue corn tortilla and we do the slices of pork belly. We call them our blue belly taco. And then we top that with the habanero coleslaw and that's a great bite. That's a great flavor. 
profile. Yeah, that sounds so good. And yeah, then the last side that we have is my uh, favorite. Is Kelly's favorite. <laughs> um, we finally uh, came up with a recipe for uh, macaroni and cheese. So we do our own. Uh, Kelly smokes the cheese on the fit. Mm -hmm. And so you get that smoky taste. And uh, we have our macaroni and cheese with crispy pork belly on top. So we take our pork belly, we crisp it up like bacon bits, mm -hmm. and then uh, that's what we top it with. Ooh, man. <laughs> My mouth is over here watering just hearing you explain because – Usually people will just run through their stuff, but you're explaining it and it's making my mouth water here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to going in and checking you guys out. Um, so tell me about this. Well, you have you have some desserts too. Let's do the desserts and then let's jump into the tamal. Well, we have our, our um, main desserts, which is our peach cobbler, which mm -hmm. uh, Lupi came up with that recipe more because he wanted that cake kind Brandy. of color. Yeah. I mean, so we give away about, you know, during the summertime, we give away about $800 worth of little bluebell cups a month. And uh, as a thank you back to our customers. So with the ice cream, you know, my biggest thing, and I don't know about yourself, but I hate getting a peach cobbler with ice cream that turns to mush and you end up slurping it. So uh, we have a peach cobbler. It's a little heavier on the bread and uh, it can take a lots of bluebell ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. go. And then we have our Mexican pea cake. Uh, so what the way we came up with a lot of the recipes, of course, like everybody else, it's trial and error. But we wanted people to taste test it. And since I was teaching, who better <laughs> to taste test it than other teachers? Mm -hmm. nice. So we would make stuff. And I take it to the, the teacher's lounge and I tell them, okay, y'all got to tell me about this and be truthful. And, you know, I want y'all to evaluate everything because we're working on recipes. And so, of course, they were happy all the time. Every Monday after a cook-off, they couldn't wait because they knew I was going to bring in barbecue and all these other things that we had done. <laughs> but the truth, Abe, is when you're at home and you taste it and it wasn't the best, it's a little crappy. And she takes it, she comes back. Oh man, they ate it all. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> but one of the teachers was like, we didn't know. We knew we went at the peach cobbler, and we're like, what? And I make a Texas sheet cake, and so we knew the chocolate part. So we had the fruit, the chocolate, and it was like, what else do we make? You know, we wanted to have three staples. And uh, one of the teachers was like, Chris, you gotta make your your. Uh, pink cake and I said really and she goes you just don't know you bring that everybody eats it you've got to make that pink cake and she goes and kids are going to love it it's got sprinkles on top you know <laughs> so we ended up making that so those are the three staple desserts I'm now making because um, I've always liked to bake so uh, I'll make uh, one of the customer's favorites now we've learned is a banana cake that I make. And it's a banana crumble cake. So uh, I make that one a lot. Uh, buttermilk pies. German, German chocolate. chocolate. Dang. Uh, now that she, I mean, and some things you don't think about, but since she's talking about cakes, uh, we actually bought a bakery one time. <laughs> so we're talking about businesses. So there, when she was going to college, there was a local bakery in, in the, at, their, at the college where she worked. 
and the guy sold us where she was working and the guy sold us the bakery. So we bought the bakery for like, it was going to be like $10,000, all his equipment, his recipes, everything. And come to find out he had sold it to two people. He sold wow. it to us, to another, to another lady. The other lady wanted it. And he told her, no, I didn't sell you the bakery. I sold you the cheesecake recipe for $10,000. So Chris says, believe it or not, he's no longer in that little shopping strip. He took all this stuff home. So she was driving home, was an hour drive. And I said, turn around, talk to him. And uh, we owe him like, it was like $4,000 we had paid him. And, and so we were going to, we ended up cutting the deal where it was going to be less. We gave him the cash and she found what, a, two, two guys with trucks, seven, $700, two big box trucks. So that afternoon and night, she showed up with the bakery at the house. So we ended up <laughs> oh. buying everything. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. So we did own a, a for a while we were doing wedding cakes. Yeah, we we're doing wedding cakes. It was before it was legal to do it at home. So we were doing uh, you know, bonding cakes and we we're doing the fountains, the whole thing. Like me, God. I was making That's little like awesome. Oh and, yeah. You know. But I hadn't thought I remember that until you started talking about cake, you about cakes. That's great. Oh man, you guys are just entrepreneurs, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> So this tamale, this this is you guys are responsible for me not being able to taste everything that that was available at breakfast because you threw two tamales on my plate. I mean, of course, I had to eat them. Uh, I must <laughs> talk to you about these tamales that are just that are great, and everybody's talking about them. Well, um, I've always made tamales. You know, growing up, of course, you know we all make tamales for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and. That, I mean, Kelly looks forward to me making the original. Yeah, <laughs> I would when we when I would help her build them at home, the the original ones. I would I would like to do the meat part, you know, stuffing it. I'd be like one for you, one for me, one for you, <laughs> one for me, and I just make myself a little plate with just like the meat mix, so that way, you know, before it goes in the masa. It's but, the best. Uh, so um, I, I've always made it, and then Lupe was looking for something original. Yeah. So when we started, I mean, honestly, everybody's goal when they start a business like ours is Texas Monthly. I mean, people can say what they want. If you're a true Texas barbecue restaurant, uh, you focus on getting to, you know, top 50 uh, minimum. And, uh, I mean, we're humble for what we've got, but we're going to say, I mean, from day one, before day one, uh, we were already focused on getting to where we're at. So my thing has always been envision the shot. If you can see you making the basket, it's a whole lot easier making the basket. Mm -hmm. So before we even started, uh, everybody has a signature dish. I mean, all the, we all know everybody who's got signature dishes you know, across the, the Central Texas barbecue places. And we wanted something that was different, something that was ours, something that we could say nobody else has ever done it before. So everybody does a tamale that's steamed. You take your leftover barbecue and you stick it in. You make the masa, steam it, and you sell tamales. And I did a Google search and said, has anybody ever made a tamale in the smoker? So where do you go first? Traeger, anything with the pellet grill. Those guys are going to already done it. Nobody had done it. Mm -hmm. So it took us a while and uh, to figure it out. And uh, we wrap it in butcher paper. And, uh, you know, turns out being a great tamale. So the story on my side, and I'll, and I'll let Chris, Christine continue, is we made two tamales every day till the day that Texas Monthly would ever come. So two days that were open in the warmer in the back sat two tamales. 
and either we ate them, but it never went out to the public. They never got uh, put out on uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Nobody knew about them. And two and a half months in, Daniel Vaughn comes in. I'm cutting, and he walks in, and of course, it's a shock. And uh, you're asking, I asked him, you know, he wants a little bit of everything. And I said, have you ever had a smoked tamale? And he goes, yeah, all the time. I said, okay. So we wait to the end, and I, I bring this tamale out, and he's looking at it like, what the hell is that? He goes, what is that? I go, that's that's your tamale. Uh, we've made this specifically for you in case you ever walked in. That's our Texas monthly tamale. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that day we named it. And uh, so uh, he came in and tried our food, uh, went back in the back in the patio, sat down and uh, tried everything. And then when he got ready for the interview, uh, he asked for a to-go box. Well, my, my head was freaking big. It was like, man, he, I came up with five boxes. And I thought, man, he's going to take all my food home. How awesome is this? You know, we're, we're doing good. And he goes, no, I just need one. The only thing he took was half the tamale. <laughs> so he was impressed enough with the tamale that uh, the end of the 2020, they named us Best Bite of 2020 as one of the tamale. But that's nice. how the tamale came about, us wanting something different as far as why it came about. Uh, but Christine uh, is the one who's uh, implementing yeah. it. And basically, I mean, when I started teaching even now, because we're making so many, I uh, started teaching the two ladies that were with us at breakfast. And uh, I, they were like, okay, you know, we're going to learn a secret. You know, here, here goes. And I said, y'all know how to make traditional masa? And they go, yeah. I said, okay, we're going to make traditional masa. And we made the masa, and then I said, and we're going to take our our uh, our pork and our brisket, and we're going to add all the Mexican spices that you normally do with your tamale mix, with your meats. And they're like, okay, now what? And I said, now instead of a corn husk, we're just going to put it in butcher paper. And they looked at me, and they go, and that's it? And I said, yeah. That's it. <laughs> wow. And so uh, we wrapped them in butcher paper instead of the corn husk. And we bring them to Kelly and she smokes them directly on the pit. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, you still have to like watch them, open them, you know, make sure they're cooked. There's, you can't just like leave them and then take them off. Um, you have to flip them, make sure, you know, you have to know yeah. how and when. But so when the but the masa comes out, you know, you don't have that wet masa once you get it off the pit. Of course, Since you it's have not some steamed, there. Yeah. Uh, the masa is a little drier uh, mm -hmm. because there is no water. Uh, but uh, it, it looks like a little brisket burrito when it comes off the pit. They're a quarter pound each uh, with the masa and... Uh, you get more than a quarter pound, of course. You know, you're probably hitting about half a pound on each of the month. Yeah. So the, funny, the funny thing is when, when we're here and we're in line and you get the Mexicano comes in and goes, hey, uh, give me a docena of tamales. You go, at $60. And they go, what? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it went up. It was 60 But they don't really, I mean, it's, you know, it's three pounds for a, uh, three pounds of meat in there. Yeah. But uh, there was a little culture shock there at first. And we yeah. had one that was used to having my tamales, of course, you know, and he comes through and he goes, hey, Chris, you know, <laughs> this was when we first, you know, when we first put them out on the menu. And he says, hey, Chris, you know, I, 
And he came in and he goes, give me five pounds of barbacoa. At that time, we were selling barbacoa on Sundays. And he's like, give me five pounds of barbacoa and three dozen tamales. And I started laughing and I go, you don't want that. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you know, my family's huge. He's got like 11 brothers and sisters and they were going to have this big function. And I said, no, listen. You don't want that. These aren't uh, these aren't your, yeah, I said, these aren't my home tamales. And he's like, what? And so I bring them out and he goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> goes, yeah, I don't want those. Yeah. And, and, so he ended up taking the yeah. And we wanted to bring them to Brits because we knew a lot of the people that are in the barbecue world would uh, get a chance to experience them. Because I mean, even though you put a picture of something on Instagram or whatever, uh, nobody really sees the scope of it, and then and then you know tasting them, it's it's a whole different uh, animal. And then they are topped off with a uh, sauce that we make. Mm -hmm. uh, we came up with a combination of different things <clears throat> just for those, and and we put that sauce on there. It's like a sweeter, creamy barbecue sauce. And then we uh, dress them with the we sprinkle the queso fresco on top. And and like I said, it's just like a little brisket burrito. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of those, um, you know, one of those items that people are are gonna want to go check out. I, I'm glad you guys brought them. You know, my mom makes tamales every you know Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you know any any event like that. And I remember you growing up, and uh, my brother sometimes would talk smack to my mom and be like, "¿Qué los hiciste para vender o qué?" Because yeah. like, you made them for sale or what? Because they don't have a lot of meat in them. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, they do. What, what are you talking about? Like, man, when I've been in the years, it was like, holy cow, this is just loaded. Yeah. It's good stuff. The flavor is just it's like, like nothing I've ever had. Well, I've never had any. <laughs> Shit, hey, let me tell you something funnier than all that. So to top uh -huh. it all off, we, uh, you know, the, the local county has its own little Reader's Choice Award, right? So yeah. we win tamales. Here in town, there's several people. All they do is sell tamales. Uh -huh. And we had one individual that came in, and he was like the, the guy, right? And he comes uh -huh. in, he wants to know, what the hell are you selling here? How did you win tamales? <laughs> <laughs> How did you awesome. win best tamales in the county? <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. Oh, well, guys, I thank you so much for uh, for meeting with, with me Congratulations on your top 50. Thank you. Congratulations Thank you. on all your success. And I wish you the best on your third location. Um, when is that one due to open? Is that going to be in Victoria? It's in Victoria right now. Uh, we were, we're blessed to find, I mean, it's craziness right now to be trying to expand when things are slower in COVID and everything. But also mm -hmm. sometimes it's the best time to try to purchase something because uh, the market may not be the best on the commercial side. So we've found a great deal. Uh, the main building is 6,000 square feet. And it uh, also has an 1,800 square foot building next to it. And that 1,800 square foot building was a pawn shop. And uh, three quarters of an acre in a busy street in a corner. But we're for right now, what I'm looking at doing is converting that pawn shop with a little bit of work into basically a ghost kitchen where we take our food from here, serve it there. Got and uh, the other thing, and since you're on the technical side, uh, on the IT side, what I'm look, looking at doing is putting a badass camera in the in the pit trader with Kelly, and then we're gonna wire it over there across the across the interweb, 
and get over there and put a huge TV inside so people, when they come in, they can actually see where the food's coming from and actually see her cooking uh, during the day while yeah. they're serving over there. So they'll know it's Maybe not just, it. it's not out of the microwave. Great and uh, idea. then yeah. once we open up the big place, then that'll turn into like a serving center uh, for parties and catering center. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, congratulations again. I, I, I wish you the best on all of that. One thing that um, that I like to ask all of my my guests before we uh, close out is tell us something about you that most people may not know. And we can start with uh, Christine. <laughs> we'll do all three of you, uh, Christine. Um, I, I guess that I like to hire employees that are school children. Um, being an educator, I always want to be a role model for students. And uh, once a teacher, always a teacher. Yeah. And so uh, I will go out to the local high schools and talk to the counselors and ask for them to refer someone, you know, refer some of the students to come work for us. And we have been so successful with those students. And then, uh, and of course, you know, we support them in everything that they do. One of the young men uh, that is Kelly's right hand right now, we, he started with us two years ago. Two years ago. He's gonna graduate this year. And uh, well, not, not two years. It was, oh, it was a year, year and a half ago. And uh, he's going to graduate this year, and we're looking at uh, taking him with us to Victoria. Uh, he, but we do encourage him to continue his education. We don't want him to stop his education, but at the same time, he knows there's always a place here for him. And uh, during the day, of course, they're all at school. So the next best thing is to get homeschool kids because now with COVID, there's a lot of kids out there that are doing homeschool. And yep. so we've hired a lot of homeschool kids. That's great. That, um, that, was a, that was a feel good answer. I love that. I don't, I don't know if it was as juicy as I like it. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by the time we get to Lupe, he'll be like, I was a track star when I was in high school. Oh, don't make him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's the state champion of everything. Yeah, honestly. And, and I'm going to tie that in now. That you said yeah. That. No, that's like a running joke. No, for real. Your hey, my, that's the same running joke that's at my house that I have. My, my girls are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, oh my God, dad. Just I like to believe that my dad was state champion of everything because he literally would tell me that about everything. <laughs> um, I guess mine would be, uh, I, I went to school for many different things. Um, <laughs> I, we, we, as a family, we have a, a, a wide background of different projects, different, you know, We've learned different how to do different things, um, but I do have my, I guess a lot of my customers don't know, uh, I have my bachelor's in music, and so I did, I was a trained um, sing, singer in college, and so that's what I did for six years. Um, wow. Yeah, so I, I do have like a music degree, and I studied all of that, so, um, and then awesome. I went into teaching, but I was also 
into, I worked at a physical therapy clinic for a little bit too. We have a wide, we have, as a family all together, we have like a wide range of things that we've done. practiced yeah. or well, done or. Well, I'll, I'll what kind of music, what kind of music did you sing? Um, it was more of the classical opera. Nice. Yeah. Um, we were a music therapy, so, uh, it was music therapy focused. So, um, we would work with a lot of older dementia patients, nursing home patients, and they liked the more of like the rock music. So when we were practicing for them, we would, it, it was more for academical reasons. It was more of the classical opera for patient and therapy reasons. Uh, it was more of the uh, rock fifties uh, or you know eighties music, nineties music. So it was. It, I did it for a while. So it was. It was a wide range of different things. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'll end it with you, uh, Abe. Uh, my my uh, secrets of life is uh, one time <laughs> I was four hundred and seven. I'm not little now, but I was four hundred and seventeen pounds. Uh, we go and we get set up with gastric bypass to go to Houston, find the best doctor there. Uh, this is right before we're going to open up the restaurant. So he's asking me, of course, they want to get into your head. They want to fix you. It's more than just being, you know, physical. It's mental. So he's talking to me. He's trying to break me down. And then he wonders what I do. And I'm telling him we're fixing to open up a barbecue restaurant. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh like an alcoholic. Oh, uh, to open up a bar. And uh, so, yeah, that and the fact that the other that Kelly had just mentioned is uh, when she was little, I used to bring her to YMCA here in Puerto Vaca. Mm -hmm. And all the way, 30 minute drive, I used to tell her, here I am, 400 pounds. I'm telling her, Kelly, did you know I was all state champion, karate champion in the oh, state of Texas? Because I, I did karate for a really long time when I was little. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, we come over here to the YMCA. And we walk in, and he's having class. So, of course, this is some buff guy that could kick your ass just by looking at you. And I was so proud. And we walk in, and, and she says, my dad was all-state champion, karate champion. He looks at me like, you fat ass. What are you going to this kid for? Yeah. I was so proud of him. Oh, she's proud of me. He oh, looks at my. me like, man, Tito, awesome. <laughs> Oh, hell no, that didn't happen. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. our life. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. Oh, man, I, I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Uh, I, I can't wait to do it in real life, so I'll uh, hope, hopefully I'll get out there soon. Um, where can folks find you on social media? Where can they follow you? Facebook, it's uh, uh, Lavaca uh, BBQ. Port Lavaca or Bay City. Yeah, Dash Port Lavaca or Bay City. Uh, on Instagram is my Lavaca BBQ, and uh, right, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, on Twitter also, I believe. I think on Twitter it's my Lavaca Barbecue. Okay, and, and your think, hours of operation right now? Right now, uh, I think they're fixing the change just a little bit on Saturdays, but we're eleven to two in Port Lavaca. In Port Lavaca, eleven to two uh, Monday, uh, no, uh, no. Thursday, oh. Friday. And Sunday, uh -uh. and um, Saturdays. Uh, right now we're at eight, but we're fixing to change that to six thirty. Um, eleven to six thirty. Eleven to six thirty. Mm -hmm. And in Portland, Bay City, we're only doing eleven to three, to three on, Saturdays. on Saturdays. Okay. Actually, we're bringing our employees from over there during the week, and they're helping us over here. 
What's the distance between Bay City and uh, 45 minutes? 45 minutes? Yep. I was okay. hauling meats uh, back and forth. I was putting 4,000 plus miles a, a month on my truck. Wow. Just because we live halfway. So. Yeah, and we live halfway. Oh, okay. Got yep. it. Got it. Yep. We cater seven days a week. Seven days a week. Catering's available. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, just a, heads up. a lot of our <laughs> catering is done to the local plants for turnarounds and things like that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much. Uh, again, wish you wish you the very best. And uh, right. <laughs> hey, thank you. I mean, it was good visiting with you over at the breakfast for us. I mean, I joke about it, but you know, between me and you, it was like coming, like when I say you're coming from the rancho, you almost like little house on the prairie. You're coming on the wagon into town where everybody's knowing everybody, but everybody met us over there with open arms. It was like, wow. Uh, this is a brotherhood. Thanks for tuning in to the iCrush Barbecue Show. Uh, check us out at iCrushBBQShow.com for our latest gear and updates. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms to see pictures, videos, and stories on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We're at I crush BBQ show. Remember, if you like the show, please let us know by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.